Greetings to those who watch below. I can't believe we're in September already. The nights are getting darker, and that means only one thing. It's time for some truly creepy paranormal encounters. 1. I am a 29-year-old female living in the UK and have been a frontline soldier and a hospice nurse, and in these areas of work, I have witnessed, along with my colleagues, many unexplainable phenomena, to the point that such occurrences came to be an expected part of the job. Very few of these experiences have been truly frightening, though some have been unnerving, but the experience I recount now occurred from when I was around seven until I moved to a different house aged thirteen, and for me, they were truly terrifying. First I will tell you my family situation, because I have heard that negative circumstances can contribute to horrible spirit manifestations, and that children are more perceptive to these presences, whatever they are. I was a very confident child, and not easily scared. My dad left my mum when I was a toddler, but I remained in regular contact with him, and was very close to him. I couldn't live with him as he was a truck driver doing long distance runs at the time, but I was happy living with my mum. My life changed dramatically for the worst, however, when my stepdad-to-be came into it. He was controlling, violent, and abusive, and soon reduced my mother to an obedient, brainwashed skivvy who refused to intervene, or even acknowledge the situation we were in. He ensured my silence by telling me that if I told my dad, my dad would kill him and end up in prison, which I knew was likely to be true, so I kept quiet and my life became a living hell. My mum and I moved in with him, and I was given a small room on the ground floor, which is where the strange occurrences began. It started with quiet rapping noises from the wooden furniture in the room, not the random creaks and thuds of wood that might occur by temperature change or vibration, but a series of six, even, knocking sounds, like someone knocking on a door. These soon got louder, and moved around the room, starting from the far side and moving closer, culminating in a very loud rapping from the bedside table right beside my bed. I opened the cupboards and drawers, but never located the source. The house was very quiet, apart from the noises in my room, but as I was alone on the ground floor, only I heard it, and as time went by, these episodes became more frequent and more terrifying in nature louder, and apparently aware of me, as it would begin as soon as I turned the light off, stopping abruptly when I turned it on, making me dread bedtime. This soon developed into other sounds, like muffled voices, breaking glass, plastic bags rustling, and a sound like a cat scratching energetically on furniture. There was a cat in the house, but never in my room. I'm allergic, so I would have known if the cat had been in but he never had any inclination to venture into my room anyway. Then one evening, after we had all been out, we returned home to find lights on in every ground floor room, and that night, I saw the thing in my room for the first time. I awoke in the early hours when my room was in total darkness. I was facing the wall, and turned over to switch on the light on my bedside table. There, right next to my bed, was a tall, solid black figure. Mum? I asked, though I knew it wasn't her. 
No human could fit in the tiny space between my bed and table, beside which this figure, darker than the darkness of the room, was clearly silhouetted, apparently in a long cloak and with hair piled up in a bun on top of the head, much taller than my mum. I reached out, and my hand went through it. I have never been so afraid in my life. I pulled the covers over my head, curled into a fetal position, and didn't dare move, my heart racing, sweating with fear until well after daylight. I did tell my mum, who responded that it sounded like her grandma, and was probably just watching over me, although I felt it was there to frighten me. I was about 13 at this time, and the weird noises in my room had become something I was accustomed to, so this escalation seemed deliberate, and I was once again terrified to be in my room, even by day. Still, I was made to spend the nights in there, and began to see dark shapes moving in the darkness when I dared look. As the knocks grew louder and persisted through the night, whether my lights were on or not, the final incident that I recall was shortly after the first appearance of the dark shape, and just as scary. Following a night of lots of knocking sounds moving around my room, I heard the cat scratching sounds coming from right under my bed. They were very loud. I lay still, too afraid to look, when suddenly I felt the weight of something jumping up onto the bed, and the scratching noises turned into something clawing at the duvet. There was nothing visible. I was wide awake and my bedroom door was shut. The light was on. I knew the cat was out. I jumped out of bed and fled to the lounge where I remained, terrified for the rest of the night. When my mum came downstairs in the morning, she checked my room, but could find nothing. I moved in with my dad that week, since he had finally stopped long distance driving, refusing to ever sleep in that room again. I still get chills thinking about these events to this day. 2. In 2012, when my son was a few months old, my husband and I lived in a granny flat, detached but very closely situated to a main house. It was a tiny little flat with one bedroom, large enough for just a double bed and a shower, a lounge big enough for a two-seater couch and a PC, which led into an open-plan kitchen and a separate toilet just outside the bedroom door. There were two entrances to the flat, the front door, which led directly into the kitchen, and the back door, which was directly opposite the bedroom, which led into the backyard. The backyard was fairly secure, as three of the walls were boundary walls with houses all around, and the last wall was formed by the main house and our flat. We were struggling to get our son to sleep one night, and I had him lying on his tummy while I lay on the couch, with my husband playing on the PC on the other side of the room. It wasn't late, about half past eight, when out of nowhere, we hear a loud bang on the back door. It wasn't a bang like a bird or a bat had accidentally flown into the door. No, it was a bang like someone had tried to break down the door. This being South Africa, my husband immediately grabbed his baseball bat and one of his decorative hunting knives. Before he even had a chance to get to the back door though, we heard something start banging on and rattling the shower door inside the bedroom. Seconds later, something started trying to break down our back door again. It wasn't just one bang this time, but a continuous crashing against the door. My husband isn't particularly a believer in ghosts or spirits, but I most certainly am. 
I decided that enough was enough, and we were getting out of there. We grabbed all of the essential baby items that we could, and my husband escorted us to the car just outside our flat. He then locked the car, and went back to lock up the house. We had a light on the outside of the flat, which made the front of it glow a sickly yellow colour. From inside the car, I could see shadows flying across the front wall of the flat. There were no trees within the vicinity, and there were certainly no people or vehicles moving around. My husband got back into the car and reversed out of the driveway. We were in the street and beginning to drive away when he realised that he had left his asthma inhaler back in the flat. He parked the car on the side of the street and once again left us locked in the car. I was holding my son in my arms and he was sitting bolt upright and staring around the car. I saw a shadow detach itself from a house a little further down the street and move towards us along the ground. More and more shadows joined it as it came. They reached the car and started to circle us. I don't know how I knew, but I just knew they were there for my boy. That was the moment that fear turned into maddening, blind, pure rage. I don't care who or what you are, but you will never harm my children. I screamed at these things to leave us alone, but they just kept circling. I then did something incredibly stupid and challenged them. Essentially, I told them to bring it on. The energy around us was the most intense thing I have ever felt in my life. When I challenged the things, the energy changed from harmful and cruel to protective and strong. I could feel it radiating outwards with myself and my son as the central point. The things circled once or twice more and then just disappeared. They didn't melt away or fade away, they were just gone as if they had never been there. My husband came back to the car a few minutes after and we took off to my mum's house where my mum and I spent the night. He went back to the flat and stayed there without incident for the night. I have no idea who or what those things were as we never had an incident like that ever again. We have had others, but they were more comforting and caring than anything else. 3. This story that I'm sharing with you took place five years ago, during the summer of 2011. It was a hot night in a small rural town outside of Montreal, and I was walking home from hanging out with some friends who lived across town from me. Originally my curfew was supposed to be 12am, but I stretched it out to 3 or 4 since I knew my mother would be sleeping and unaware of the real time I got home at. Walking back home around 3am in my small town was always dead and quiet, not a person or car in sight. To get home, I would cross a highway that crossed two sides of the town I lived in and would cross through a ditch that was well excluded and hidden by wooded area. As I was cutting through the woods, I had my cell phone's flashlight app on and noticed something was glowing in the reflection. I found it weird that something would be glowing because I've never seen anything glow in the reflection of a flashlight. As I got closer, I realised it wasn't something. It looked like someone bent over in the bushes. I paused for a moment and thought to myself, okay, maybe this is an animal reflected in my flashlight. But I took a couple of steps closer and quickly realised that that was not the case. My heart stopped for a couple of seconds, and I just stared. I was looking at a demonic entity, 
demonic looking it was indeed. All I could see was its back hunched over as it was fiddling in the bushes. But the way it was hunched didn't look normal and was really unsettling. The ears were pointed with a glowing body. Then it turned its head almost as if it sensed me looking at it and noticed my flashlight on it. The eyes glowed a slightly different colour to the body, more of a yellow than the white, and there was no face that I could see. No nose, no mouth, just two glowing eyes and pointed ears. I maybe stood there for a few seconds at most before I reacted. I had three options. The first one was to turn my back to it and run the long way home, or run right by it to home, or to quietly walk past it. Something inside me said not to turn your back, and also not to startle it by running, so I chose to walk past it quietly and not to make any eye contact whatsoever with it, and that's what I did. Walking by it was one of the scariest things I have ever had to do, but I swallowed my fear and managed to make it home. As soon as I was out of the wooded area, I started to run, and for weeks after that, I slept with my mother or younger sister. A couple of years later, I decided to use Google to see if I could find any information on the entity I saw, and the closest thing I was able to find to it was the rake. 4. Firstly, a bit of scene setting. In 96 and 97, I lived in a fairly old terraced house with a cemetery at the end of the road. Cliché, I know, but it's an important detail. Nothing was remarkable about the house or the area, it was just convenient for college. Anyway, I was up late one night on my PC in my bedroom, which looked out onto the street. It was about two or three in the morning, and for whatever reason, probably to give my eyes a rest, I wandered over to the window and looked down the road in the direction of the cemetery, and I saw three people walking slowly down the road. I could see that they were quite old, and appeared to be dressed in funeral clothes, which given the hour was weird. There were two women and a man. I'd put their ages at about 80, and the woman in the middle was being steadied by the other woman and the man, and as they came closer, I got the impression that she was upset. My first thought was that given their age, she had recently buried her husband, and the grief had caused her to behave slightly irrationally, causing her to try to be out near the cemetery at that hour, and that the two other friends were trying to look after her and get her home. Anyway, it was all interesting enough for me to carry on watching as they got closer to the house. Just outside of the front of the house was a street lamp. I watched them as they made their way past, but when they got to the lamp, they all stopped, and the upset woman in the middle looked up at me and grinned. This is when things got weird. The grin became a sort of grimace, and if there was any colour in her face to start with, it was now dead white. At that point, I realised I was staring right into her eyes. But her eyes were pitch black. Time sort of dilated. If you've ever crashed a car, the final split second before you make impact seems to drag out as you process more information than normal in the time frame. It was that sort of thing. I'm sure we only made eye contact for a second, but it felt like several minutes as my peripheral vision faded and I felt like all I could see were these two black holes in her face drawing me in. 
Although the distance between us didn't change, she somehow felt like she was coming closer, and I was kind of aware, although I couldn't honestly say I could see them at that point, that the two people with her were just continuing to look down the road as if frozen, but waiting for this woman to finish whatever she was doing. I was suddenly hit with this intense feeling of dread and panic, so I threw myself on the floor. As soon as I'd broken her gaze, I felt pretty stupid that this upset old woman, who clearly needed help, had spooked me so badly. So I looked out the window again, and there was no sign of them. It was a longish straight road, and the house was towards the middle, so Usain Bolt would have had trouble getting out of sight in the time I looked away, let alone three octogenarians. 5. I believe in God. I believe there is a heaven and a hell. I thought because I believed in God, and prayed every day, that nothing could ever enter my home. Little did I know. A little about my house first. The house we live in is my husband's great-grandmother's, and has been in his family since 1942. There's no record of the house being built, but you can tell that it is very, very old. Older than 1942. A few weeks ago, my sister-in-law and my three-year-old nephew were at our house. The weather was nice, so our door was open, letting a nice breeze in. My sister-in-law, myself, and my husband sat on our veranda while we told my nephew, who we call Billy, to go inside and find some toys to play with. While we were talking, Billy came out and asked us, Who's that inside? Keep in mind that only myself and my husband live in our house. Needless to say, we were a little taken aback when he asked us that, and I told him that nobody was inside. He looked at us strangely, and just went back to playing. Later in our conversation, Billy's mother mentioned it was strange how he saw someone in our house. She asked him if the person was a boy or a girl. Billy said a boy. She then asked if he was tall like his daddy, and Billy said no, short like mummy. We looked at each other, pondering what he could have seen. About half an hour later, he comes back outside and asks who the person on the couch is. By then, we were starting to get a little nervous. I asked him to bring me inside and show me what he was talking about. We walked inside, and I asked if he could see him right now. He said yes, he's right there on the couch. We walked into the living room, and I asked Billy if he was still there. Billy looked around, and walked into the computer room. He looked around the room, and said no, he's all gone. We were freaked out about it, but laughing as well, since it was close to Halloween, and we thought it was a bit spooky. Last week, my sister-in-law told me that Billy had told her out of the blue that the man in my house was named Jerry, and he wears boots. She said that she has no idea where he would have heard the name Jerry, as they don't know anybody with that name, nor is there anyone at his daycare with it. I asked my husband if anyone in his family was named Jerry, and he said no. Fast forward to last night. I was in the shower, and almost ready to get out. I felt something tug on my hair, and didn't really think anything about it. All of a sudden, my head was pulled backwards with such force that I fell all the way back, crashing down into the bathtub. On the way down, I must have tried to stop myself, because a brand new bottle of shampoo came down right onto my eye, 
I started to scream and was climbing out of the bathtub when I felt my back burning. I screamed and cried even louder. My husband came running into the bathroom asking what had happened. I couldn't even talk. I was so hysterical. I just knew I wanted to get as far away as possible from that bathroom. My husband got angry with me because I couldn't tell him what had happened and he stormed down into our basement. I immediately called my stepfather, who is a man of God. He told me that I had to read aloud from my Bible and pray in every room, casting out anything that is not from Jesus. I was scared, but the house is mine and I won't have it taken away from me. I went into every room, including the bathroom. When I got to our computer room, I froze. The air was heavy and I felt faint. I prayed and read from Psalms and left that room as soon as I could. I went into my bedroom to inspect my body afterwards to see what the damage was. I was starting to feel everything now that the adrenaline was wearing off. When the bottle fell on my eye, it immediately left a bump and a cut. I knew I'd have a black eye in the morning. Bruises were starting to form on my arms already. My ankle and knee felt as if I had twisted them. And then, I turned around and looked at my back in the mirror. I had scratches, which looked like claw marks, from the nape of my neck running down to my lower back. Part of the scratches were bleeding. I slept with the light on and my Bible and cross on my nightstand. My husband slept downstairs and I had two of my dogs sleep in bed with me. I didn't sleep well and kept waking up scared. I awoke this morning very tired and sore, but got myself up and went to work. I will not let this entity control my life. I'm not sure if it's still there or not, but I know I'm not letting it take my house. Hi guys, thank you ever so much for watching today's video. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please feel free to like, share and comment on the video. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel and make sure you hit that notification bell so that you know when my next video is up. This week I have also took part in the Gothic Librarian's 1000 subscriber special. It's got 41 narrators in telling a load of different stories all to do with books and libraries. It's extremely cool and about 5 hours long, so make sure you go check it out. I've put the link to the video in my description below. If you've got a story that you'd like to share with me, please feel free to send me an email. I'm always happy to chat and can sometimes give some advice on the paranormal. So, until next time, sleep tight.